The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What were you trying to show Daniel on that interception? The camera's got you showing the tablet to him. Uh, I was trying to show him, kind of see what he thought, and then kind of tell him what I saw. But did you were too happy because you, you kind of tossed the tablet as you walked away? I mean, what was supposed to happen on that route? Was it? Yeah, I'm not going to get into the particulars of it. Uh, just we didn't get the job done. What did you want him to do on that play? Yeah. Well, obviously not throwing interceptions. So. You say it's the first quarter of the season, but how eye-opening is it to you? I mean, you're not just losing games. You lost by 40, uh, 18, and 20. I know the scores, Jordan. I got you. Yeah, not good. So uh, a lot of work that needs to be done. Oh, Rita, the NFL chick, Rita Hubbard, is here. Rita, how you doing? First of all, can you hear me, Rita? Can you hear me? Can I you, can hear you. you. Can you hear me? Do you hear, do you hear the words coming out of my mouth? I hear um, the words coming the, out of your mouth. <laughs> I love it. Uh, good to see you as usual. Always. And I'm telling you, uh, we need, I'm glad you are officially the NFL chick because we need your NFL insight, your analysis, your observations, because uh, we'll start. I saw what you had in your feed. It made me laugh just reading it. You're like, you asked the NFL. You're begging the people, the smart people, in the corporate offices of the National Football League never to put the Giants on TV again in prime time, at least not in the 2023 season. Because, Rita, in 2022, how did it happen? Uh, Brian Dayball, how did it? How did you do it? Like, like this is what we expected last year. Last year we expected the Giants to continue to be terrible as they're rebuilding. Uh, they're not ready to make the playoffs. This team made the playoffs. The yeah. Giants made the playoffs last year. Wow! And so you look at this same team. I know Barkley's missing. But they, they paid Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones had him up against the wall last year. They paid him to be their quarterback after he got the team to the postseason in 2022. And Rita, you look at this team. You wonder how they made the playoffs last year. You know they're not going to make the playoffs this year. And you wonder when will they ever make the playoffs again because they just look bad. They look so bad. How do you explain the New York Giants? Explain them to us, please. Oh, I, I just don't. I, listen, Polly, let me tell you. Uh, I, I, I don't all put this on Daniel Jones. I, I, I definitely think that he's a big part of the problem. But if you, as we can see, that offensive line is not good 
at all. And this is why I think a lot of us were on the side of Saquon Barkley because Saquon is what makes this offense go. They were successful as they were because they had a healthy Saquon Barkley that was able to do essentially everything. He can run, he can pass catch, he can do everything. And so they're missing that element. And yes, I know that he played in the Sunday night game uh, with the Cowboys. So it's not just him. It's like, well, okay, well, well, Saquon was there and they didn't score any points. And you're right. And, but it's a recipe for disaster, right? I mean, we all knew when the Giants gave Daniel Jones that new contract that this was not going to be the guy, right? Sometimes guys right. that have contract years that come up, they play exceptionally well. You want to know why? Because it's a contract year. When they declined his fifth-year option, Daniel Jones was on a mission to try to prove them wrong. And in the interim, it looked like he did. But ultimately, there's a lot of different things that need to work in order for this to be successful. Saquon is the biggest piece of that, which is why a lot of us were like, oh, he should get paid a lot of money because he is what makes that offense go, not Daniel Jones. And also, they have to find a way to upholster that offensive line. They are portrayed, they, they, they are horrible. I mean, to the point yeah. where it's like, what are you doing? But ultimately, we're going to point fingers at Daniel Jones, and rightfully so, because you can't throw that pick six, dude. You can't do that, man. What are you thinking over there? I'm just tired of the Jets, the Jets. Oh, look, the New York teams, period. Can we just not see them on primetime anytime soon? I'm out right. Now, listen, listen. <laughs> uh, uh, 11 sacks. You give up 11 sacks. Let's put, I'll put half of them, I'll put half of them on Daniel, Daniel Jones. Yes, me too. So if my math is correct, if my math is correct, at least five and a half sacks pending, looking for a home. There are five <laughs> and a half sacks that have no home. <laughs> Okay, we got to we got to assign those somewhere. Okay, I'll give another half to Daniel. So I'll put six of them. I'm gonna put and say he's worth he's he's responsible for more than 50% of the sacks. I'll give him six. So now we got five sacks. You got to assign somewhere. I mean, that's just so it's so awful. It's awful to give up 11 sacks in a game. And yeah, I'll say the pick six is his fault. You know why I'm going to say the pick six is his fault? Because Brian Dayball told a national TV audience, uh, a really reluctant national TV audience outside of New York. So y'all had to watch in New York. New York, New Jersey, parts of Connecticut, you had to watch because, hey, that's your team. That's your team. You know, you, you, right. You're emotionally attached whether you want to uh, or not. You can't help it. It's a generational thing. But the rest of us, we had a choice. And foolish as we are, we, we sat around and we watched this. And so Dayball... Like this is what coaches don't like this when players do this to coaches. Coaches don't like to be shown up by their players and players don't like to be shown up by their coaches. So Dayball, you just put that all on Daniel Jones on national TV. So we know that's his fault. But I got to tell you what, uh, I, cause I'm going to move away from the Giants here. And I want to talk about speaking of coach quarterback relationships. Most of the time, Rita, when we talk about issues in the NFL, we reduce it to that. We reduce it to the head coach and the quarterback. Then we have our conversations from there. We're very, very basic that way. Most NFL right. fans don't want to hear into the don't don't want to hear the nuances of team building and oh, it's bigger than the quarterback and the head coach. No, we usually rest right there, and our arguments stay there for the most part. Right. And so that's how it was. That's how it was in Seattle when. It was Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. 
Whose side do you take? Is it Pete's side or do you take Russell's side? Russell was made Pete. Pete didn't make Russell. On and on. And when they left, when they split it way, when they split ways, Russell goes to Denver. Pete stays in Seattle. We're still watching. That first game back in Seattle, Russell was not great. Seattle wins the game. Geno Smith, a revelation in that first game. Well, now we know. Uh, Russell has not really been. He hasn't been that guy. Okay, we don't talk about him like that. Yeah. As that he's not that. Oh, we don't talk about him as MVP candidate. No, we don't. He was an MVP candidate in Seattle. We don't talk about Ru who's talking about Russell. Was that? Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Before I continue, what's that? Mm, what's that agree. shame? What's that shame? Okay, tell me. I tell me why. Tell me why. That. Before I go on. Denver's, before Denver's I go on. Problem, Denver's problems is not Russell Wilson at this point. Denver's problems is defense. The, if the numbers of offense that, in terms of points that they had last year, they would have probably been fourteen and three last year. So I, I believe, and Russell Wilson, from a numbers perspective, I believe is a top six in essentially every category right now. He's actually playing really good football. The problem is the dudes on the other side, um, led by Vance Joseph, is not playing good football at all. Now, if we want to talk about who won the overall battle, right, you're going to say, okay, here we go. because he gave Geno Smith new life. Geno Smith is a guy that I think a lot of us kind of for lack of a better term, threw away, put in the trash, and they've had success. They even re-signed, oh, you know, to a new contract, and they're playing oh, oh. good football, right? But Pete Carroll is who he's always been. He's won at every level. So I think that that's a... a, a, a it's hard to say, right? He won at USC. He won in it's Seattle. It's hard to say. It ain't hard, to, hard say. to say. He's a winner. That's who he is. That's that's just the brand okay. that he is. Russell Wilson is in a situation well, why are you talking about where... That? Hold on, well, hold on. Well, wait a minute, okay. wait a minute. You say you're saying Pete Carroll's a winner, which I yeah. agree. I agree with, and I'm gonna tell yes. you why. I'm gonna I'm gonna break it down here in a second. Okay. You say he's a winner, but now you want to talk to me about Russell's stats. You brought it Russell's up. never a stat guy. I want to talk about his stats. The only <laughs> stat that matters for me with quarterbacks is did you win or not? That's did not you win fair. Or not? I Come know on, he can't Holly. play. How's that? How's that not fair? You believe in quarterback because, stats, yes or no? Because you know why? Because when you believe in Denver quarterback was up 21 to 3 in the second half against the Commanders, it ain't his fault that his defense couldn't hold on to a good and comfortable lead. It's not his fault that the Chicago Bears, one of the worst teams in the NFL, somehow scored 28 points. It's really that simple. Miami Dolphins, they gave up 70 points. Russell Wilson doesn't play on defense. It's <laughs> I'm sorry, you ain't gonna okay. get me on. Yeah, so so but wait a minute. Okay, I just want I, I want you to declare because this is this is key. This is a key moment for us. This is a key moment, and this this kind of <laughs> this informs future conversations. Read. Okay. So are you someone? Because I am. I believe in. I'm old. See, I, I'm I'm old school in this way. I believe in quarterback stats. And not to mix sports, just parenthetically, I'm gonna just dip into baseball and come right back. I'm gonna dip into baseball, come right back. Uh, I believe in pitcher. Yes, wins and losses for pitchers. Now, a lot of analytical people say, no, no, you can't do that. You can't. A, a pitcher's not responsible for what his center fielder does, what his shortstop does, third baseman. Eh, certain pitchers, though, when they take the mound, things perk up. The bullpen knows it's a night off. Everybody yeah. is alert. 
when a certain pitcher is on the mound. And I believe in quarterback stats too. It, you don't find, you can't find me a quarterback who's 30 games over 500 and is a bad quarterback. And you can't find me a quarterback who's 20 games under 500 who's good. Okay, maybe there's some exceptions. Maybe I doubt it. So I believe in that. So you're talking about Russell Wilson. He's top five here, top five there. Uh, make the playoffs, man. Get to the playoffs. Just find a way. Find a way. Drag them. Drag the team to the playoffs. You're the, you're hey, the most listen. important position in football. Drag them with you. Drag I'm em. just saying somebody got to step it up. And it, 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 it's not him. He's doing his part for the most part. I mean, obviously, he's up for criticism. And he's made a couple of mistakes here and there. But ultimately, he's played at a much better level than what we saw him last year under Nathaniel Hackett. I, I, I think Sean Payton has done well in terms of turning this offense around. But then the bad part of it is that, yeah, this defense that was, what, top three last year is just looking terrible. And I don't think that they're well, going to the playoffs because they are in the AFC West. And as we know, the Chargers and the Chiefs are there and the AFC is stacked. And I just don't know how you fit them in there. All right. So so back to, back to the basic B construction of most of our football conversations. And I'm here for it. Okay. It's it's nice to have a little cotton candy every now and then. It's, it's nice to go surface level without getting... Uh, you know, getting going to the subterranean point of the argument. It's okay. I'm here for that too. We can get deep later, but right now, let's be basic. So, in this basic B conversation about football, like what makes a football team work? Who's responsible? I know here in New England, it was always was it Brady or is it Belichick? Well, Brady left and he won a championship. Bill Belichick, uh, since Brady left, is four games under 500. So, in the in the very simple analysis. Brady's winning and, uh, and and Belichick needs a comeback to make this game competitive. Well, Pacific Northwest Russell Wilson versus Pete Carroll. Russell has gone to Denver where he, we just forget about him. We forget about him. we say top eight quarterbacks in the league top 10 quarterbacks. His name still doesn't come up. Nobody says Russell Wilson the top five quarterback in football. He might have the stats, but we just forget about him. Meanwhile, last Last year, Seattle Seahawks make the playoffs. Not only do they make the playoffs, they revived the career of Geno Smith. We forgot about Geno, comeback player of the year. Hey, they wrote me off. I didn't write back, though. Okay? Thank you, Geno. All that stuff. That was a bar, by the way. That was a bar. Oh, that's a bar. Oh, Geno. That's a bar. They wrote me off. I ain't write back, though. Okay? Not not just I ain't write back. I ain't write back, though. Okay, just add that extra word. But look at the draft. Look at their drafts the last couple of years. Draft a running back, starter. Draft a tackle, starter. They draft uh, Tariq Woolen late in, the, uh, late in the draft, starter, pro bowler. This year, Witherspoon, last seen running through New Jersey all the way to New York. Uh, on his way to Connecticut with the pick six electrifying pick six move up to get Devin Witherspoon. So mm-hmm. Pete Carroll, you said it Rita. He's a winner. He knows who he is. He's got it. And I think he was revived like the Sometimes you have a battle. You got to bring it back to relationships. Okay. Sometimes the breakup kind of renews you. I don't know what I'm talking about. I just hear. Mm. I, I just hear, I hear people. I ain't talking about myself. 
I'm talking about, about other folks. Okay, sometimes a breakup rejuvenates you. Okay. And so now you are you are better than you were in that comfortable relationship or at times that uncomfortable relationship. Now you're better. You remember who you're supposed to be. Okay. And I think that's what's happening with Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks. I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl this year, but I'm not going to count them out. They just kind of continued. It, it, it's almost like they remembered who they were. Whereas Russell and Denver, I know it's unfair, but Russell and Denver, I think it's trying to find himself. So, I agree with that for sure. I definitely yeah, agree. Give, that give, Denver, give credit to the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, look, again, Pete Carroll has had ebbs and flows in his entire coaching career. We know that. And so, I mean, and remember, this wasn't even his first NFL stop. He was also what the Patriots coach years ago and it didn't work out. So, you know, sometimes and the Jets. Uh, and the Jets. So sometimes you need a, 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 like you said, a rejuvenation of sorts. Sometimes, you know, the setback is going to be ready for the comeback. And so it's funny because you mentioned Bill Belichick on the other side of it, and you wonder where's his comeback going to come from. If we can see the same thing from a great coach like Pete Carroll, well, when is it Bill Belichick's turn? Because after Tom Brady, these past couple of years have been rough. His past couple of drafts have been rough, in my opinion, and also the free agents that they brought in really haven't materialized into what they thought that they could be. So I'm curious to know if, if Bill still got it in him the same way Pete does, or is this who Bill is now at this part of his career, and then Pete still got that juice. You know, he's the one that still got the yeah. juice in. Yeah, you know, it, it, this reminds me, this is going to be a strange association, but, it, you know, it's a Tuesday. It's kind of one of those weird days, so I'm feeling a little weird today anyway. All right, strange <laughs> association. I remember uh, years ago, years ago, I, I think it was in the New Yorker. It was a, uh, a classic article on Ernest Hemingway, and Ernest Hemingway is talking trash. Now, this is a, a older Hemingway. You know, he's been in the game for a little bit and he's looking around at all the young writers and he's comparing them to himself. And he's like, Papa still got it. Talking about like, hey, hey, Papa still got it. You know, they, hey, they all right. They, they, they put a couple of sentences together. They string some words together, but Papa still got it. This is Hemingway talking about himself. And I can imagine Pete Carroll having his Hemingway moment right now. If I'm not mistaken, Pete Carroll is the oldest coach in football. He's older than Bill Belichick slightly by yes. a couple months or whatever. Yep. Oldest coach in football. And we keep hearing how this is for the young. This sport is for the young and offensive minded. That's where the game is going. You got to be an offensive minded coach. It's a passing league. You got to have a great relationship with your quarterback. And you know, you got to be a, a, a McVay or a Shanahan or something. And Pete Carroll in his 70s is still doing that thing in a league that is not supposed to value what he's about. He's about the running game still, even though he's got great receivers. He's about the running game. He's about defense and not just defense. Excuse me. Not just defense. Aggressive defense. Yeah. Like Pete Carroll's defenses kind of get up on you. And he's confident playing that way and teams kind of get lulled into their style of play. And after a while, we're like, wait a minute, this is not the game we want to play. So shout out to the shout out to the uh, to the old school. Today. <laughs> Pete Carroll is probably
probably evolved like, enough too, though, Holly, where he can be sustainable as long as he's had. You can't just continue to do the same thing as long if the if the league continues to pass you by. You have to make some changes, and I'm sure over time he's found a way to do that. So that's probably why he's continuously successful in that regard. But he's still staying true to what he believes is successful football, which is running the ball. Ironically, we're having conversations about the lack of value at running back, when, and you know I have always disagreed with that. And then also yeah, defense, right. which has had to evolve too, because you can't, the, the defenses back in 2007 can't play now. So it really does take good coaching to say, all right, the rules have changed. We got to do some things different. But ultimately, this is how we're, we're still going to fundamentally be this way. We're just going to add a little bit of changes here and there. And so kudos to him for that. Oh, and, and uh, I'll say this the last thing. Uh, am I am I overstating it? I mean, I'm gonna bring it full circle. They just beat the Giants. I mean, they beat the Giants last night. I'm getting all excited. <laughs> Pick six. They beat the Giants. And the Giants, uh, they haven't done much all year. They can barely score. They have their one win over the Arizona Cardinals. The schedule had to come the schedule, back. Though, to, you know, they had to they had to win that game. They had to come back to win that just to win that game. They had to come all the way yep. back against the Cardinals. So I don't know. Anyway, we've got plenty more to talk about on Brother from Another today. Lots of things around the National Football League. Lots of stories. Charles McDonald uh, is going to join us, and we will talk some more football with him, Rita. Get ready. And I do, I want to talk to you. I meant to do it here, but we're going to get to it today. I want to talk to you about your Ravens. Because mm. last week, last week I was saying, I don't understand the Ravens. Uh, yeah. This week, okay. This week, the Ravens kind of look like the Ravens. Yeah, Weird team. should be four and zero, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. That's All right, Charles McDonald three. coming up next. The longest field goal ever attempted is seventy-six yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also seventy-six yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Sometimes you just have a bad month. I'll bet sauce is ready to see October. October is good for Sauce Gardener. Let me tell you what happened to Sauce Gardener in September. In September... Mac Jones hit him, as Sauce said, in his privates. <laughs> no penalty, no penalty flag, Rita and Charles McDonald, no penalty flag, and no fine for Mac Jones. Then, last week, on the last day of September, 
or maybe the first day of October. I can't remember. Anyway, they're playing the they're playing they're playing the Kansas City Chiefs. He makes a great play on the corner, throws the corner uh, on the receiver, throws the receiver off the route. And they call a holding penalty that negates an interception by the Jets. Jets lose by three to the Kansas City Chiefs. And Charles McDonald sauce puts this tweet out there and then deletes it. Says, hey, if I had been a Swifty, maybe if I was a Swifty, they don't throw the flag. Now I delete it. Um, I, Charles, I, I guess I like one. Yeah, yeah, okay. There we go. There we go. There we go. I know that. I'm not going to ask you a question. Your thoughts. There it is. Here's my question. Your thoughts. Can we can we stop acting like this is a, con- a conspiracy? I, I don't I don't know. I think we're feeding a lot into something that's not here. I think NFL fans really have been caught off by the general fame of Taylor Swift. She is an incredibly famous human being, and her presence is going to, you know, magnify and change how people view the game while she's around it but was that game called any worse than any other nfl game that we see it it's the same stuff that we always see it just happened to happen at a point where the nfl is merging their media with taylor swift's media and travis kelsey's media and it's kind of become this big explosion that for some reason people really just don't have a grasp on how to handle calling it conspiracies getting mad because some social media person is changing the bio to like Taylor Swift related stuff. You think that they're in touch with like the referees Ooh. and how they're getting how the, look you know, these it. calls are being Charles, made? It's crazy. Charles, look at it. Look at it again, though. Look, look at. Look. I, I know the Taylor Swift thing. Okay, is a little much. Okay, and, then, and that's and, a whole. And he threw the flag. But but look when the flag came. I understand Sauce's point. Yeah, if you're gonna if you say it's a hold, why didn't I see the flag earlier? I saw the flag after the interception. We like play it one more time, one more time. Hey, listen, we're gonna do conspiracy. We're gonna do conspiracy well. We're gonna break it down frame by frame. Huh, huh, huh? Play that back. Play that back. You see it one more time. You watch that. If you look at this play, you'll see like Sauce with his hands. Okay, now let's look, let's look for a flag here. That's supposed to be a hold. Oh, <laughs> come on, come on. He'd already, the interception happened already. Then we see the flag from Andromeda. Okay, he throwing it like, way over there. Look at that. Well, maybe he didn't want to hit someone gun. with the flag because they were running right in front of gun. him. Come on, stop that. Rita, okay. you put in your feet. You say, we got to say something about these, offici- these officials. Yeah. So, Rita, I think you agree with Sauce a little bit. Maybe not from the Swifty standpoint, but just officials in- inserting themselves into game situations where they maybe don't belong in those situations. Yeah, I'm, I, that's where I stand with it. I think that these refs have not been good. I mean, and maybe they've never been good, but I, the, it feels really egregious now because there's other uh, penalties or non-penalties in that same game on both sides. The the, the safety was sketchy, as well as the the um, the back, when he tried to they did the uh, the pads, but it was in the front. Remember that he tackled him in the front, and they tried to say it was a horse collar. It wasn't a horse collar. There were so there were just ultimately too many, in my opinion, mistakes being made. And I understand that they're human. I completely get it, and I understand that the game is fast. But it really feels like in crucial moments, these refs are doing critical 
making critical judgments. I'm not, I don't have a problem with the whole. I do have a problem with the fact that the flag did come out late. I do, because I don't understand what took so long, right? Or non-calls that feel blatant or look blatant, and then somehow they're not getting fine, you know, getting the call. And then a couple days later, oh, said player is getting fined for the non-call. It just doesn't make sense to me. So I don't understand why we're still at this point where these refs are so poor. And yes, to, to Charles's point, because of the whole Swifty thing, it was just on display because it clearly was the most watched game on Sunday. Yeah, I, I'm just a bit confused where people are saying that, excuse me, this is a, a like a bad look for the NFL because of Taylor Swift. It's a bad look for the NFL because it's not good to have good, bad referees as yep. a part of your yeah. game. Um, yeah. that, I don't, I, 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 and this is the part where I say we're not equipped to handle some of the fame that she brings and some of the attention that she brings because the social media people are not connected in, in any way to the referees. So when they go and they make a, a post just trying to connect the dots on Taylor Swift fans to NFL fans and make a little forward bio, that's not really something that we should be getting aggravated about. Stay focused on the actual game being played. And I think if yeah. we go back and we zoom out, this happens all over the league all the time, and that's the real problem. Well, Charles, that, yeah, okay, I would say. No, real quick, you say focus on the game. Well, tell the league that because I shouldn't watch Taylor Swift every time somebody does something. I don't need to see her <laughs> clapping. I don't need to see her high-fiving people. I don't give a damn about her in the damn suite, okay? I mm. care about what's on the field. So I agree with your message. The problem is the messenger, we're just the messengers, but the people who should be hearing the message ain't hearing us. I want to see the football Ooh, game. I, I don't care about her being there. Oh, I do. <laughs> oh, I, I do. I care, but look at the numbers. It's good for business. Listen, this is self-preservation. Oh, please. Rita. The NFL don't hey, need business. Look at that time. Look, I'm telling you, look at that time stamp in the corner for those watching on, who I don't know, Peacock TV. For those watching on Peacock. <laughs> Where's true. the Peacock come from? NBC. Now, this is true. NBC. Look at the numbers. 27 million viewers. Those are super. That's the highest since Super Bowl was at 47. Okay. Wait, we like it. For 57. 57. 57. 57. Yeah, 57. Right. So, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Roman numerals. Once you start getting to a certain number, I struggle. But, uh, so, Super Bowl, Super Bowl 57. I like this. Thank you, Taylor. Thank you for bringing these numbers up. It's good for business. It floats all boats. So, I'm excited. I'm excited that we have more eyeballs and more ears uh, on the NFL because of Taylor Swift. But it is the last thing I'll say, Charles, on, on officiating, because I want to ask you about something else. I want to ask you about your travels. Um, it's like I just want a tone to be set for a game. Now, this may be asking too much, but this is what I appreciate. If you're going to call stuff early, hey, at least we know it. Okay, you, you set the tone, officials. You set the tone. Most of you are not full-time officials. It's a rant for a different day, but most of you are teachers and accountants and dentists and lawyers who are just doing a little side hustle on the weekend where you become NFL officials. Okay, it's a billion-dollar, multi-billion-dollar industry, but they get part-time workers to do very <laughs> important work. But that's a rant for a different day. Rant for a different day. But I just want you to set the tone. So if you're going to let it go in the second quarter, let it go in the fourth. You're going to call it closely in the first quarter, Call it closely in the fourth. That game, that was like a brawl, a street brawl. Then all of a sudden, you 
you calling a hold on something that wasn't a hold 10 minutes ago. That's my frustration. But anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that a different day. I want to ask you about Buffalo. You went to Buffalo. You saw the Bills and Dolphins. And to me, the Bills look as good as they ever have. Uh, what say you about this uh, rivalry between the Bills and Dolphins? Because round one, 2023, went to the Bills decisively. Oh, man. That was, it, it was honestly just a sight to see Josh Allen take over that game in the manner that he did. Uh, he had four touchdowns, four incompletions. Stefan Diggs had three touchdowns. Uh, they thought Ken Dorsey put together a great game plan. The Bills players after the game were just totally raving about what Ken Dorsey brings to the table as the offensive coordinator. And, you know, you kind of get to see where they're complete in a way where Miami isn't is their defense is really damn good in a way that should be a little scary for the rest of the division because even after they lost Trey White for that game, they were still able to put the clamps on Miami's uh, passing game. They still don't have Von Miller yet, who's going to come back at some point this year. And they still have guys who are developing like Greg Rousseau and Ed Oliver coming off of his uh, big payday. So I, I think it was just, it, it was it was really just a, a shot across the bow, I think, for the Bills saying, we're better than the Dolphins. We're a more complete team. Mm -hmm. And I think the further we get removed from that week one game against the Jets, kind of say Josh Allen, he had a huge brain fart that day. Brain farts that costed them the game. But since then, he's been just about the best quarterback in football. Yeah, and I feel like when you watch that game, it, 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 you could see Miami moving the ball, but it was kind of like a bend but don't break. And I hate, I hate that term. I really do. But Buffalo just wasn't giving them the opportunity to, to while they were moving the ball, to create points out of that regard. And they just simply found a way to keep them out of the end zone and then also just attack. So outside of the defense uh, playing as well as they did, was there anything specific that that that? other teams should be looking forward to and it could be on defense as by the way i mean I, I said outside but it could be defense is there something that other teams could say huh buffalo put us on to something with that uh, i think the the best thing that happened to the bills in that game is probably teron armstead getting hurt because then you know the 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 dolphins they're down two all starting off at the bottom because their center connor williams missed the game as well and i think one thing that that game really did show is if we can collapse the pocket on tua and kind of get him in these condensed spaces he's not really a quarterback that makes plays in those scenarios like it goes to show why he's a good quarterback but he's not like on the level of a mahomes a josh allen a lamar jackson you know a healthy joe burrow those guys because when the thing when things start to get tight and it gets tough for tua you see, oh, he doesn't really have the arm strength to overcome these giant men crashing down on top of him, and he's not really going to be a guy that can go and scramble all the time and you know, make plays down the field. He can get there every once in a while if it's wide open, but he's not a big creator. So I think if you're looking at that for another team's perspective, maybe the answer is just let's just blow up the pocket on Tua and force him to kind of play big boy ball because I think when you get into a spot where they're playing from behind – a lot of the motion doesn't matter as much. Uh, you know, a lot of the fakes they're doing with the ball don't matter as much because, you know, we're up two touchdowns. You guys are going to have to throw the ball. And if you're going to have to throw the ball and we can make you one-dimensional and we can survive just the, the, the Von Echan plays where he's going to run for 50 yards, we can kind of put the clamps on this if we can make Tua have to be a real quarterback for, for better or worse. Hmm. Now, I, I want you both to talk to me. Last thing, both talk to me about a tale of two cities. And the, the two cities are Baltimore and Cincinnati. 
Uh, you mentioned it, Charles. You said a healthy Joe Burrow, but we haven't seen that really all summer. And the Bengals, my Super Bowl pick, are now one and three, and it doesn't look good. I mean, it's not like, oh, they're one and three, but they're so cold. No, they're one and three, and they deserve to be one and three. They look like a bad team at times. And Baltimore, uh, I was starting to get excited about them. They lose in overtime last week against the Colts. They should have won that game. They lose to the Colts. Then they come back and they beat down the Browns because the Browns thought they're going to have Deshaun Watson. Watson's medically cleared to play, but doesn't play. And now the Ravens are sitting there at three and one. Rita says should be four and zero. Oh. So uh, both of you, Charles, you first talk to me about Cincinnati and Baltimore. Oh, Baltimore. I think what's I think what's kind of interesting in Baltimore is they're suffering some kind of the same affliction as last year, where you have all these guys getting hurt. Once again, missing games, but it almost feels like last year you de- you got to develop the guys that had to play because everyone was hurt last year, and now they're filling it in a way that's, you know, they like you said, I think they should be four and zero too. They beat the crap out of uh, Cincinnati for the most part. They absolutely beat the brakes out of the Browns. I know Deshaun Watson was missing that game, but they they just look like they're on a different level from the rest of the division. Lamar Jackson looks insanely in control of this new offense. He looks like he's back to playing. Um, on an MVP level, and I think when you just look at them compared to the rest of the division, especially Cincinnati, they're just more dynamic right now on both sides of the ball. Um, we'll see what happens with Cincinnati once Joe Burrow gets healthy, but at the same time, if you keep playing him through this calf injury, I feel like you're only delaying how long it's going to take for him to get better. Remember at the start of the season, Jamar Chase, he let it slip. Hey, maybe we'll see Burrow around week five. Well, maybe that's what they should have done based on watching them play. One of the most telling stats for me as far as Burrow's health is concerned is the Bengals are in shotgun 94% of the time because Joe Burrow's calf, he can't get out of, you know, an under center drop or to run the ball or to do a play action fake. They just kind of got to snap it there and let him sit there. When you're that static, it's so easy for a defense to play. And that's why you see him. He's throwing the ball three yards down the field. And you just got to hope that Jamar Chase can make a play after the catch. It's not a really sustainable way to play football, but I guess that's how scared they are of their backup situation if this is the offense they're going to employ. I mean, pretty much Charles said everything. Um, the biggest difference, obviously, between the two teams is one has a quarterback that's healthy and one that does not. Because when you look on paper at the Cincinnati Bengals and you look at what they've done previous years, you say, okay, there's no reason why they can't still con- be c- contenders for the AFC. Now, I know that they started 0-2 last year. So when they started 0-2, it wasn't alarming. But what was alarming was the fact that we all knew Joe Burrow wasn't healthy. And that was the difference. And so what you see now is that Lamar, yes, he's being, he, it's him. It's him. And obviously, I mean, he has Mark Andrews and all of those types of things. And luckily Zay Flower has appeared to be who the Ravens thought that he would be, but it really is about the health of Lamar Jackson. He's able to be back there and he can make the plays that essentially the guys behind him can. The uh, the Bengals, on the other hand, they can't really afford to bring in a backup. I think that they hired A.J. McCarron back, but ultimately they never had a good backup plan to begin with. But even if they did, guys, I just don't think that they would trust whoever would be back there. They believe that Joe Burrow is what makes this offense go. And it looks like that when you look at how they're playing playing he's he doesn't look good and as a result the rest of his team doesn't look good and that's the tale of the two cities if they were healthy I think that this would this that game on week two would have been a great game 
but ultimately the health has been what's held us back. And I don't know if we will see Burrow healthy at all this year because he's not allowed to rest at this point because he has nobody mm. behind. All right, good stuff, Charles. Rita, appreciate it. And uh, we will catch up with you soon. Uh, Charles, where are you off to next? Wait, you're trapped. Uh, I don't you know. I think, I think I'm going to give myself a little Sunday ticket weekend and stay at home and just watch as much football oh, as I can. Because, you know, I, I love going out oh, covering God. games, but I do miss my Sunday ticket where I can flip through whatever I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good stuff. Charles McDonald. Check him out at Yahoo. Uh, covering the NFL very well. We'll talk some hoops next. Oh, it's yeah. NBA season. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. You know, I couldn't be more excited. I couldn't be more thankful uh, for this opportunity to be a part of this organization, to play alongside uh, the best player in the league. It did not make sense to sign a contract right now, you know, like... Because money is not important. A lot of money is important. <laughs> so I'm going to sign it next year. I'm going to go beat Dane, Giannis, and Adrian Griffin. Um, on our way to a title. I was excited and then angry and then sad and then excited again and then pissed off and then sad again. And now I'm excited. You just can't tell because I'm not smiling, but I'm very happy. Have you ever talked about you and Austin? A couple times. Not much. No, I didn't. You know much about the Austin? Sorry. I'm not a guy that's sitting down because I'm doing a load management, but if the league is seeing or trying to mock what I did with the Raptors and they sh- should stop because I was injured during that whole year. Um, no league policy is helping me to play more games. If you've ever watched Chris Capiti's kind of an asshole, you may say the same thing about me, um, and that's okay. You obviously, I assume, probably know that the starting line question is coming. Um, no. What, yeah. <laughs> what is, uh, I guess you're just, how much does that matter? You know, for me, uh, I actually had an opportunity in 08 to come off the bench for the Olympic team. You know what I mean? And that went pretty well. And I think anybody who knows me knows that I'm all about winning. As a shooter in this new role, um, 
How green is your green light? Like ultra? As green as DC. <laughs> as green as DC. I like it. All the little talking that's been going around all summer, you know, we. Y'all heard it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not on social media and I heard it. So. <laughs> Those teams surpassing your team. Who said that surpasses? Uh, we still got to go out there. You know, compete. Uh, you can do whatever you want on, you know, off the court, uh, but you still got to go out there and put the ball on the hoop. A couple of years ago, you did not take part of Media Day. Obviously, that's happening now in Philadelphia. Do you remember what you actually did that day? Like where you were? What you kind of Next at the time? Okay. Oh, I love it! I love it! It is basketball season. Uh, what a great matchup. Good job, guys, you know, putting that together. Thank just you. some of just give you a little sample, a little a sample of some of the uh, training camps, opening training camps. Only a couple teams opened uh, uh, a few days ago, but most teams opened uh, yesterday. And we got to start because I got to ask y'all. I just want to I want to hear from Rita. I want to hear from Natalie because I got my own thoughts. You know, I, I'm mourning the loss of my hair over the years. I had all the hairstyles. I had it all. I had it all. I had dreads. I had cornrows. I had a fro. I had the Gumby. I had it all. High top, high top. Like every, they don't waves. know what a Gumby is, all. Michael. You got to tell okay, them. Well, they, they look it up. Google, Google, Google. I ain't telling you. No, Google, Google. Look, look at a Bobby Brown picture. And that's <laughs> a <Gumby>. Exactly. <laughs> hey, hey, Bobby Brown, my prerogative, every little step I take, all that, okay? But I want y'all to tell me about Jimmy Butler and the hair. We got to start with the hair. <laughs> Rita first. Just your thoughts um, on the hair, the style. What's up? You know, it was it had a nice little shine to it, but I need somebody to go ahead and cut and trim them edges because uh-huh. uh, them split ends was killing me, okay? You just can't do that to that man's hair and not give him a little trim. I, I'm a little disappointed in the fact that he went out there and, and, and got it. And it started off nice, right? But see, one thing Jimmy Butler learned was once that humidity hit, it's all downhill from there, and all the flaws is going to show up. And that's why we started seeing them split in. So I would suggest to him, next time, tell that young lady to go ahead and just cut just a little bit off. Now, his braids look good today, but, you know, the bulb wasn't bobbing no more after like about an hour. So you, you got to get them split ends cut, friend. Yes, the cosine. Like, it's just like, you can't um, press your hair like that. You can't straighten it. I don't know if he relaxed it. I don't know what he did, but you cannot do that and then not trim it. Like, this was the consensus among black women on Twitter when we talked about Jimmy Butler. So, <laughs> I co-sign Rita. <laughs> oh, so, you know, blowouts uh, and don't have it nice and trimmed. Come yeah. on, man. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, it's great. It is really, it's really good. It's, it's amazing to see. I, I just, It tickles me. It tickles me. I love, I love looking at it. So, uh, Natalie, besides Jimmy Butler, there are lots of storylines uh, in the NBA this year. Now, what jumps out at you? What gets you excited for the 23-24 season? Okay, well, I'm going to go away from my Warriors because, you know, they get me excited, and I'll let y'all get to them when you're ready. I but... see you got the color scheme. You got the color yes, scheme. Yes, yes. And I'm, I, I'm rocking, I'm rocking <laughs> Loon because, you know, he's so underrated as a big. But I think I'm going to do this one for Rita because I know she is a Kevin Durant fan. So the Suns excite me as a story. Um, really? 
Yes, because, you know, there's a lot of hype around them. And, I mean, they're not in the top two Vegas odds, but they're up there in the odds. They're over the Lakers. They're over the Warriors. And I just want to understand what, you know, the Suns have done to to be ranked so high. You know, yeah. I get well, it. Isn't that it right there? Look at, <laughs> look at, that, look at that trio. Okay. Yeah, okay. Done. Who's playing beat? I just want, what is going on defense? I'm confused. <laughs> Listen, I, I think it's best right. They lost Aiden. I am not convinced about Nurk and what he'll be able to do. He's a little slow footed, right? I actually think he'll help them a little bit more on offense than like being like this great defender. So we'll see. And I just got to say, because we couldn't put it in the matchup, but like they lost DeAndre Ayton and I, I wasn't high on Ayton, but he has this thing where he's like going around telling everybody like they call me dominating. Okay. No one calls him that. No one has ever called him that. Like not a single person except the people that live in his head. So <laughs> I need NBA players to stop giving themselves nicknames. Kobe was the only one who ever pulled it off success successfully. We should just stop. No, 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 give no naming yourself. Uh, that, that doesn't well, stop at players. Cause remember LL Cool J tried to tell us that they call him big Ellie and we do not call him big Ellie. Okay? <laughs> so doesn't stop there. <laughs> but Uncle L though, but Uncle L stuck a little bit for LL. Uncle L. Uncle L. Yes. And, and uh, but Natalie, you're right with like calling yourself a nickname like, uh, didn't uh, remember Dwayne Wade wanted to be known as Wow? You remember this? He wanted to call I don't. Y'all Y'all see? There it is. Okay, perfect example. Uh, dude, your name is your name is D D Wade makes all the sense. We just go call you. That's right. D Wade. Yeah. You can't go Wow. Nah. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's so weird. Nicknames um, have to occur organically. You know, I they agree. have to occur 100%. organically. Yes. Okay. Uh, it, it seems like neither one of you is really impressed with with uh, the Suns and their ability to win a championship. But I keep hearing about is it Milwaukee or Boston, Milwaukee or Boston in the East, and maybe for the whole thing. Uh, do either of you buy that? And if you don't, because look at the Vegas says it's it's Celtics Bucks, and then last year's champion third. And obviously, if they, last year's champion is third, Vegas likes them coming out of the West. I see the Lakers and Warriors way down there. Mm -hmm. Do either of you see another contender outside of uh, Celtics Bucks to, to win the whole thing? I mean, while, uh, the fact that we're disrespecting Denver is funny to me because I still think that Jokic deserves all of his flowers that he, to me, right now is the best player. But I understand the logic, right? Like, literally, we how many days, guys, did we have to consume the Dame trade and then turned around and then Drew Holiday went to the Celtics and then that kind of just changed how we probably viewed who was going to come out the East, right? Because And that and I talked about this online. Like, you know, this is a conversation that feels like there's no excuses for the Bucks. Well, now they got an excuse, Nat. No, Drew went no, to the Celtics. No. They got an excuse. They don't have no damn look. excuse. And no, they gonna they make don't. it. They gonna make one. They gonna make an excuse now. They're and and, and listen. I'm understand. not making no excuses. Others may give them excuses. Right. I am not giving any excuses. <laughs> but listen, and I said this: if that if that coach can just limit his watching of the town to one day a week, as opposed to watching it every day. This team is nasty. The Boston <laughs> that is a nasty team. That coach just got to limit his time of watching that movie, The Town, to just one day a week. I feel like that right now, the Boston Celtics 
look like that they are going to potentially be the at least Eastern Conference Finals contenders over the Milwaukee Bucks. That's I agree. Me. I agree. Let, let me say this. Let me say this. I, I think that Denver is being disrespected, and I feel their pain because after the Warriors won their first championship, they were not the favorites to win the next year. They had the Spurs and the Heat ahead of them, I believe, not the Heat, the, the, the Cavaliers, right? So I think it is disrespectful. As, as much as people have been going on and on about Jokic being the best player in the league or arguably the best player in the league, and I, I, think, I think he is. Like, I think you have to have him in the top one or two, right? So to say that and then what they did, I think it is disrespectful to have them third personally versus unproven teams. I, on paper, do like the Celtics a little bit more. Admittedly, I do. But in a series with the Celtics and the Bucks, the Bucks will have the best player in that series. And he is the best player by a mile. He is a whole other tier above Jason Tatum. He's a whole, And that is the great, great equalizer in basketball, right? Like, if you have two teams that are really close, then it, to me, it's always come down to the team with the best player. So I'm not so sure, but I'm not giving them excuses if they lose to the Celtics. All right, so how about the Warriors? Real quick, I hear the, mu- I, I hear the music playing. Where do the Warriors them? finish? Oh, the Warriors are going to be a top final? three team in the league, not just in the West, in the league. And I look forward they to win them the proving. Top three. No, wait, no, our prediction. In the West? the West? Do they win it? I'm not sure. I think they're going to be like oh. one of the top teams in the West. Hey, now, come on now. They're the top three team in the league. They've got to be sure. the West contenders. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. All right, Natalie, I don't believe you. Give me a better prediction about the Warriors. I don't believe you. Come on. The Warriors finished top two in the West. Top two in the West. That's the best you're getting from me. And Chris Paul, you Chris think, Paul is now suggesting he's coming off the bench. Yes, they can. Absolutely. You think? No, you think that's going to happen? That's it. That's what you. That's what you really think. Just come on. <laughs> just say it. Say it. Say it with your chest. Say it with your chest. <laughs> All right, y'all. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.